And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Minute Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. What the hell is happening to men today? I don't know what's going on. For some reason, guys are just acting weird. They're getting all in touch with their feelings. I liked it years ago when men didn't have feelings. My father was okay with me having feelings. It's like, you can have a feeling or two, but that's it. Everyone today is emotional. All the men are emotional. and Looking to see how their hair looks in the mirror. And they're getting the nails and feet done. That's not going to stop tyranny. We should have men that have a few less feelings. Our featured guest today is a, uh, I call him like my spiritual older brother in a way. He seems to, to always be ahead of the curve in a lot of ways, but he's wise. And he really talks about reclaiming the masculine spirit. We're not going to totally focus on reclaiming the masculine spirit today, but uh, we are going to focus on ways that you can become stronger. And lately, some of the shows we've been doing have been focused on that. Because I think the, a lot of the world's going into some kind of collective slumber or they're just getting Stockholm Syndrome with their captives right now. And I, I don't have that. I don't want that. I want to stand for freedom and stand for my fellow brothers and sisters. Even if it's the last uh, hope, let us begin. It is a great honor once again to welcome back to the show Dylan Charles. Uh, he's a brother from another mother, and he's also the founder and editor of Waking Times, the host of Battered Souls podcast. You can learn more about him by calling to two different websites. The first one is shaolindylan.com, S H A O L I N, Dylan.com, and then wakingtimes.com. Dylan, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great, Ryan. Thanks for that awesome introduction. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So um, before we begin, I just want to let everyone know that uh, Dylan, his agreement to come on the show is like, dude, you cannot have any more menopause. No more <laughs> menopause. That's the condition Man. for me to come back on the show. So I was like, all right, fine. So I, I well, say, to, real quick, though, define menopause. Uh, menopause, you know, just being cranky. Yeah! My, my wife says that. She's like, you've got menopause. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this. I think it's just because I'm old. I think it's what it is. <laughs> Old and cranky. I have some thoughts on that. We can get into yeah, that later. But we're going to try to keep it as upbeat as positive. So uh, last time we spoke, the uh, world was in a tailspin of darkness. And since we, so the last time we, we spoke, some things are happening. And we are still in that tailspin. But I think that there's some positive things happening. It seems that there's some spark of, uh, of a counter-resistance. What do you see? How do you see things right now? Do you see, if you look, uh, there's this push for... The mandatory vaccines, mm-hmm. they're trying to do the, 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 the COVID passport. It's a passport for you to, to resume your life again. 
But then there's also other people that are maybe not feeling it. How do you sense and see things in the world right now? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, my business for the last 10 years has been in, um, you know, waking times, a lot of writing, a lot of commenting on what's happening, a lot of uh, just paying attention to the what's going on out there. And really right now, I feel like it's it's actually very, very challenging to know what is really going on if you're looking out there, because as you know, the censorship, uh, you know, the big techs squeezing us out of social media and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm dealing with a whole lot of that. And so I, don't, I think if you're just looking outside, you're, you're not really going to understand what's happening. You're going to get the wrong idea. So the flip side of that is that um, what's happening in, in my community, what's happening in my town. And it's, it's really weird. There's this weird dichotomy. It almost seems like the, the government people, the official people, the, you know, the city council and all the leadership here is – it seems like the leadership everywhere is almost 100 percent pro-pandemic. They just want to shut things down and they want to make sure that people are controlled and they want to make sure that people know – uh, what the rules are and such. But beyond that, I mean, in, in the real world, when you get out to people, like nobody nobody wants to wear masks. I mean, I went to a gathering last weekend with 100 people and like every, they, they attempted to follow, um, you know, social distancing protocol of people. You know, they gave people the option of following social distancing protocol. But I mean, it took like an hour before everybody was like, to heck with this. Uh, and I've been to several other gatherings like that, you know, 40, 50, 60 people out in the country around uh, Asheville, North Carolina, where I'm at. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I think people are really, really longing to just get out of the city, get out of the get out of the the matrix, and and just live a bit. I mean, breathing fresh air and hugging people is really, really, <laughs> it's a really healthy thing to do. You know, I agree. being outside, hugging people. Mm-hmm. I I was having this um, I, this weekend. I, I went to three or four stores without the mask on again, and it felt absolutely amazing. It really just felt amazing because it's I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like I'm so sick of it. And at this point, I think I wonder, like, what do you have to lose? When you look at the struggle with your sensitivity, with you know, mm-hmm. being you do, what, do you see anything or sense anything on an etheric level of what is happening? Do you think, could it be that possibly that we're getting near an, an end or conclusion to something like this, or are we just in the midst of just a, an, a cycle where? There's light and there's dark, and you know sometimes you you get uh, a mix of both, and sometimes the, there's an imbalance of both, and this is just a cycle that's going to continue. I mean, do you sense or feel anything on the metaphysical, spiritual plane that would give an indication as to why things are happening the way they are right now? Uh, I mean, at this point, it seems to me like things are you know we don't really have a lot of control. Things are just kind of moving the way that they are, and I think that's that's really the spiritual thing that's happening here is people are realizing they don't have control of what's going on out there. And the the important thing that's happening as a result of that is that people are starting to really look deeply into their lives. And the way I see it is that that people are in their relationships more than they ever have been before. The distractions have been cut off. They're, you know, they're, they don't have all the things to do to keep them busy. And so uh, people in their partnerships and their, you know, uh, marriages and their business relationships or whatever that they're dealing with, like they're able to see themselves more clearly. So there's like a, a huge spiritual message in that, you know, um, people are reflections, relationships are reflections of yourself. And so if you're really looking, if you're really looking out at the world and trying to figure out what the spiritual lesson is, the lesson right now is to like clean up your own world, like get into your, get inside your own head and clean up your own thoughts. Like the outside stream is trying to inject you with anxiety. They're trying to inject you with stress. They're trying to put you under pressure. And, and the only way to deal with that is to learn and master yourself, like to get to know yourself, get to know what emotions feel like, what to do with emotions, how your thoughts work, 
what to do when your thoughts get out of control. So, I mean, that, that right there is like the biggest spiritual lesson I think is, is now is the time to learn to master your mind. Okay. That's a really great answer. And I think a lot of us should do that. We've, it's not easy. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think it is kind of challenging because <laughs> well, I think in alternative media, if you are really reporting what's going on, I think it's especially more challenging because you look at mainstream media and then you look at, you know, what the real story is. And you've got to, I think it, I think it probably comes a, a tremendous responsibility. Do you feel a lot of pressure and a tremendous responsibility knowing that you see things that most people can't see and knowing that when you present information, you are directly impacting people that are aware? I mean, you, you have a very uh, loyal audience for Waking Times. I've been reading it for, for years, and the content is just exceptional. Yeah, we're almost we're a few months shy of 10 years old. And, you know, like, you know, I guess like, um, I guess like what I see is that, uh, what did you say again? What was the question? Like specifically? The question is that when you're in alternative media, I mean, you, mm-hmm. not only you observe mainstream media, but then you also know what the truth is. And I'm wondering if it, if it comes with an extra set of pressure yeah, and yeah, responsibility. Okay. That, yeah, because that's if, something, that's you something I've really actually been thinking about quite a bit. Um, cause, cause my work is shifting. Like I said, I've been doing waking times for the last 10 years and, and my work is shifting. Like that's been good to reach people through uh, that medium of writing and uh, blogging, but I feel like the shift that's taking place over the last few years, especially with the the information control, is pushing like that conversation out into the peripheral. And so, like whereas people a few years back were getting transformational information and putting it to use, they don't have access to that in the tenor of the mainstream media, is such that that um, you know you're really not they're really not looking to change you for the better. They just want you to conform and comply and be be obedient. And so what I'm really starting to realize in this, and I was, I was pondering this today, is that like, you know, we all seem, and this is something I see a lot in my coaching practice with my clients, like people, people tend to, because of the system that we have, because of how things are constructed around us and engineered around us, we tend to like live in rule sets and we, you know, we, we operate in rule sets that are created for us, but we also operate in rule sets that we create for ourselves. And I think people don't see really what's going on in their own minds. And so my, my perception is that when I got into the alternative media, when I started really paying attention some 20 plus years ago, uh, there was a tremendous sense of obligation, Ryan. I mean, it was overwhelming. <laughs> I like that tremendous sense of I need to take action to do this. And a lot's changed in that time. And what I see now is that like that sense of obligation that, that, the, that the alternative media, that the truth tellers are, are, um, are, um, um, asking of people, you know, that the implied sense of obligation is actually just another ruse. It's another trap. Like, like the, the reality is that it keeps us looking at things that we really can't have control over. Now, I think that's absolutely critical to see and to know because that gives you an impetus. That impetus that gives you a reason to to just really try to make your life fit in this matrix in a way that brings you joy and happiness. So. Yeah, in a sense, like like I've I've been motivated. I've done activism and you know political activism, politics, writing, and all this kind of stuff. But but at this day and age, I feel like the real transformation isn't like almost that information isn't actually really relevant to what people are going through right now. There's such a sea of information and disinformation. There's so many echo chambers and groups and stuff that the real picture gets clouded. The real story that's going on is that like the activism that you need to take place is really within your own mind and heart because. Dude, Ryan, imagine, imagine, right? You see what's going on. This is driving you crazy. All of these people just yep. like falling in line, boot stepping, you know, like goose stepping, uh, boot licking. Everybody's just falling in line, doing what they're told. Dude, there's no logic or reason to it, is there? I mean, like you I, said, I can't if you go see. In, no, I, I, I understand. And 
Here's the thing too. Yeah, but the dude, numbers don't create don't create a picture of risk great enough for the sacrifices that we're making. You know, and we published an article yesterday that, you know, children's suicides are like on the rise like ex- exponentially because that. of this. Uh, you know, I don't know why that doesn't matter. Yeah. And so and, and so the reality is that like those people are going to do what the system wants to do wants wants them to do right and so and so the 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 real like opportunity the real opportunity is is i mean like think about it you're opting out already i'm opting out already your neighbor somebody down the street is already opting out already people don't opt out unless they know what's inside themselves they know who they are they have the confidence and the courage and whatnot to stand for themselves like that's what we need we need people to opt out i mean if you can imagine ryan a million people a hundred million people saying no thanks dude it's game over well i wonder if we're going to get to that point and i also i mean i love you said about opting out and knowing yourself and i guess maybe all these years of people being stressed out or, or you know having maybe life be so easy i think that in america people have gotten used to a, a sense of comfort an overwhelming sense of comfort i mean compared to other countries and i yeah do you wonder if because they haven't spent so much time because they don't really know themselves because maybe they're just taking a pill for everything else that maybe that's contributing to that do you think that could be part of it that the being incredibly in part of in comfort or sure. not yeah. even questioning things has been a big part of why they're they are where they are yeah, I mean we're 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 beings that can be trained, you know, and we can train ourselves or other people can train us. You know, and that's really why my focus right now is on on personal coaching, self-mastery coaching because people need um people need leadership in that area right now. Uh, my wife is is an interesting example of this. She was born and raised in Poland. Uh when she was she lived there till she was 11 and for the entire time she was there it was under communist rule. And so she grew up you know like legitimate communist hardship, right? Like food lines, rationing, uh, police on the streets, um, you know, waiting in line all day for a jar of mustard, that sort of thing. You know, everybody's hungry all the time. Um, everybody in the family has to be a party member in order to work anywhere. Um, anytime you go or do anything, uh, the government checks in and follows you. People show up at your house to wonder where you've been or why you were talking to this person. I mean, that's yeah. what communism and fascism is. And she lived through that as a child. And so we have three children now and I remember last year, I, you know, when, when COVID set in and we were all just really adjusting to this, um, she seemed very unaffected by it. And I remember we talked about it and, you know, she, she seemed unaffected by it. And she seemed really not too worried about what the children were going to endure. And we talked about this and her perspective was that, yeah, Americans are basically too soft. Like I grew up in hardship and personally, like it sucks. Yeah. But uh, hardship, hardship creates character. You know, it truly does. And so... You know, uh, maybe maybe some hard times will be good for some folks. I know for sure, man. Like yeah. I've been through my own my own dark nights, my own hard times, and uh, every single every single circumstance that I've been through that I thought at the time was a negative or a bad circumstance, I can look back now and see what I learned. You know, so in a sense, we're all learning something big right now, and and I want to help people understand that what they're really learning is is uh, how to how to tap into their personal sovereignty and how to maintain that and how to, to cherish that and value it, you know, because I mean, the, the thing that's happening right now, the thing that people aren't really talking about, they're not talking about it on this level, but, but to demand somebody takes, takes a vaccine, like, like they're trying to access your body. Like that is your sacred temple. That is, you know, I that's, know that's, the, that's what really drives me crazy with the mask too. It's like people get up. So why don't you wear the mask? Yeah. That's my, that's my body. You don't own that. How does a person who is awake deal 
with a normie that is confrontational. Just smile, dude. Just relax and smile and be compassionate, man. Like, I mean, it's so easy to get get caught up in in, in other people's garbage and, and you know be brought down by other people's energy. But like, man, one of my teachers, one of my plant medicine teachers, uh, told me a long time ago. He said, you know, the the real message of ayahuasca, the real message of yahe, the real message of this jungle cultures is to awaken yourself to to service. Okay, service means different things to, to different people. You know, like <laughs> for example. Bill Gates is capable of doing some incredible service in the world, right? He has a lot of resources. <laughs> you know, he can he could serve the world in a lot of different ways, but not everyone has that capacity. And so my teacher told me, he said, look, if all you can do is smile at somebody, that's what you need to be doing. Start there. Just start smiling at somebody. That's a way of service. People are people are are I think that people are are, are trying to trying to convince others in order to in order to assuage their own fear, right? You know, like they, they want you to think as they do so they don't have to be afraid, you know? But the flip side of that is that if you show them courage with a smile, with compassionate courage, like you're the other side of the story, it can help dislodge some of that in them. It can really give them a break. I mean, I don't know how you woke up. Like every all of us in this uh, field here have a story of how we woke up and how yeah. we started to pursue uh, truth, Right. You know, whatever it was that 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 triggered you to to question, to be a skeptic of the mainstream stories and the narrative. Like we all have a story about that. You know, so yeah, I think that like people really, really um you don't know what's gonna flip someone's mind. Like I didn't know uh, back in two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three. I remember in two thousand three I was driving through West Texas when they started dropping bombs on Baghdad. I remember listening to it in AM radio and I was driving, I was on the highway and they were like, oh, you know, some whatever diplomat came out and made some sorry speech and then the bomb started. Oh, shock and awe. That's what it called. That's what it was called. You know, and at the time I was really consumed by, you know, mainstream media, Rush Limbaugh, that kind of garbage. And uh, something just fell off about that. And it took one little bit of information about 9-11 to make me go, wait a minute. Is this right? Is this the honorable thing to do? Is this the way really to protect ourselves? So, Ryan, you don't know, man. And if you're going around and people are coming at you and you're trying to debate them or argument, like like that's what they're expecting. That's what they want from you. They want that argument, right? They want that. They want that validation. They want to win that argument. They want to feel that so they can get validation from you. But, so, but they, they're not expecting you to smile and, and, and tell your truth in a friendly way, a compassionate okay. way. That'll so, say, for example, you walk into a store, you're not wearing a mask, and then you got one of the people out there that they get, they get nuts. Cause, but yeah, this is a strange reality. That's for it's sure. Strange reality. So, like, if you get, like, say, that's a mask. I mean, I think some people, uh, you don't wear the mask and somebody walks up to you and starts screaming at you. What, what would you do in that situation? How, what is the, do you smile at them? Do you say, look, you know, you have <laughs> Stockholm like, syndrome. It's okay. I love you. Like, what do you? What's a what's a cool oh way to God, do that? Well, look, man. Like, there's yin and yang. There's yin and yang yeah. and everything. Everything, everything is dual. Every, the unity and everything is actually like you know bipolar. It's dual, right? So, part of me, like, part of me wants to you know sidekick him in the stomach and throw him in a chokehold. Of course, you know why not? <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> That's the way I would do it. But you know what it is? I'm not going to because I made the promise to you. And to the listeners, we're going to keep it upbeat and positive right, but, today. Yay. But, yeah, well, well, no, but listen, but that's my point. That's what it That's what it takes, right? That's what it takes for people like you and I in order to, like, be awake and still figure out how to be happy and, like, stress-free and sane in this world. I want to kick some – I want to roundhouse kick somebody in the face if they give me that kind of kind of slack, right? I'm a martial artist. I've been doing it for 20 years. Like, <laughs> okay, that's that's a part of me. I've worked all that stuff out in the gym. But, 
But uh, the other side of me, the side that, that I need to nurture in order to get to this situation and get through this situation with peace and harmony, the side that I need to nurture is, the, is that compassionate side. It's, it's all the same person, you know? So, I mean, if, if you, if you're aware enough of yourself and you realize you have a choice, like, yeah, I mean, in the inside, I don't want to kick this guy in the face, you know, <laughs> throat punch, right? Uh, but in reality, like I know that like the situation calls for compassion, the situation calls for tranquility, the situation calls for, um, you, you know, even, even like I'm, I'm, I'm keen on sarcasm and jokes and laughter. Like it's easier for me to throw, it's easy for me to throw someone off just by being funny or saying something silly, you know, but, um, I don't know though, man, I haven't been in that situation. I'll report back to you okay. when it happens. Okay. I, I start, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start wearing wacky shirts. I think this weekend <laughs> I was wearing a wacky shirt and got some reaction. And then when I see people at cashiers, I always try to make them laugh. And I oh, say yeah. and I try to be positive. And I want to help them because I want them to have a positive impression of that. And it's kind of interesting. I, 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 I can sense that some people are happy to see another person, you know, always. with a face. It's a human yeah. nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, too, man, the people that are freaking out, dude, they're scared. They're afraid. Oh my god! Like, if, if you came up to a, if you found like a, oh my god, this is a terrible analogy, but if you came came across like a wounded, lost puppy, you know, on a trail or something, you know, that, that puppy's scared. He's gonna try to bite you and stuff. But you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily just go after him and try to hurt him. You know, like they're scared, man. They're scared animals. When you're scared beings, there's so much fear around, right? There's so much irrational, illogical, um, just, just unexplainable fear. And I know where it comes from. It comes from several decades of mainstream media and, and Hollywood, you know, pumping this garbage into our minds. Look, everything that you, everything that you're seeing right now has happened. It's been foretold in dystopian movies. It's all been, it's all been there, Right. So if you look at it cosmically, like there's been this pressure on us for a really, really long time. Like this pressure is like, hey, be afraid, conform. Hey, be afraid, conform. Well, they just dropped the bomb on us, shut everything down. And they're telling us to be afraid and conform. But what they didn't expect is that people are going to go within. And that's what I'm saying. Like you can go within and find like, oh, wait a minute. Like I don't have to live this way. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to I don't have to let stress influence every moment of my life. You know, so I think that's the unexpected thing that's happening is that the that so many people are really, really getting to know themselves, you know, and that's really like, like the work I'm doing now with coaching is so much fun. Well, oh my I, God, I, it is so much fun. It's so much fun. I highly recommend anyone out there to work with Dylan because I mean, you, you get the, um, there's so much you could teach. And I mean, if you look at some of the other things that have happened, what is the next chapter? What is the next phase for what is going to happen in the world? If we're already at this point where everyone's afraid know. of each other and we need to be terrified, what's the next two or three steps? How do you foresee the future? Ooh, I, I've, man, I really, I can't lie. I see, you know, massive inflation and economic struggles ahead of us, right? That's going to create a lot of stress, <laughs> You know, and I see, you know, even like in Europe right now, they're trying to like extend the lockdowns and stuff. So I, I don't see this situation ending necessarily anytime soon. And so I see it evolving or devolving into, you know, travel restrictions enforced by corporations and that kind of stuff. So you're not even, you won't even be dealing with a uh, process of law in all cases. You'll be dealing with corporate rules and stuff. And that, that, that is, that corporate rules are the worst. <laughs> rules are the right. worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. You know, for example, I went to discount tire and bought a tire. And then a few months later I had a, a nail in the tire and I went to discount tire because they told me they would, they would offer me free tire repair. And I went and they took my car and they put it on the thing and I had a flat tire and I was there and they, and they said, no, we can't fix this tire because there's not enough tread on your tire. You have to buy a new tire. And I looked at the guys and I said, guys, 
you know this tire is drivable. They're like, yeah, we know it's drivable. I said, can you put a patch in? And they said, no, we can't put a patch in. I said, why not? I said, it's corporate policy. In other words, like the corporation is protecting its financial interests. It's trying to get you to purchase more and spend more money with them. It doesn't care if you're driving home safe with a hole in your tire or not, you know, and that's, that's what, that's what, that's what scares me. I mean, it doesn't really scare me. Nothing really scares me, but that's what I see. I see that those kind of like corporations, like big companies taking the lead first and people feeling like they need to follow the rules. And so in that situation though, that's a real, that's going to be a real challenge for someone like me. I love to travel. I've spent a lot of time in the Amazon. I've spent a lot, lived in Costa Rica for many years. I don't, you know, like I want to get out and travel. So I foresee, I foresee a period where people like me, and there's going to be a lot of us, Ryan, a whole lot of us, yourself included, uh, are just going to have to sit and wait and fight what's going on. And we're going to have, we're going to have to play ball to a degree, but we're going to have to fight from, um, you know, the cages that we're in, I guess. You know, so I know that there's already legal battles taking place about mandatory vaccinations. Uh, I think it was like some firefighters group or something that was, you know, so like there's already going to be legal battles around people who are already dying over the vaccines. There's going to be legal battles over people who are already getting sick over the vaccines. And, uh, you know, whatever your reason is for not taking the vaccine shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter at all. It's your body. It is your body. You should decide. You should, there, there shouldn't be any criteria for your decision. You should be able to decide on any merit, on any grounds, what you want to, what goes into your body. They want to put you in the cage if you don't do that. And the cage is going to be, well, you can't travel you know, internationally. You can't travel across stage. You know, it's going to, it's the cage is going to be closing. So that's that's the that's going to be the challenging thing for people like us. But I think there's going to be a lot of us. I think we're going to have to endure a period of time where we really have to like like put our foot down yes. and say, okay, cool, we're not doing this. What what that'll do though is that will that I think that ultimately will put pressure on the companies, the corporations. Uh, I just think there's going to be so many people that can't do it. You know, like for, for I have philosophical reasons why I won't take the vaccine. I have moral reasons why I have won't take the vaccine. Um, but I also have physical reasons why I won't take the back vaccine. I've had chronic disease in my life. Um, you know, I was like debilitated for almost two years with, uh, something that the doctors couldn't diagnose. They gave me antidepressants and everything for it. And after two years, I finally worked on my diet and realized it was most likely candida poisoning. Doctors don't know about that, you know, but so, and that's how I've had relapses of that a couple of different times that have, um, emerged as different, different shades of autoimmune diseases. I cannot risk my health by putting a, you know, an express uh, DNA vaccine into my body. I can't do that. I just can't do it. It's too risky for me, but it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. So yeah, I think that that what's coming is there's a period of like, you're going to feel squeezed, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be alone. A lot of people are going to feel squeezed. And I think that, that, that has the potential for uh, breaking the dam finally. Good. You know, when I see somebody, when I talk to you and I see other people that are very pro-freedom, that are aware of what's going on, I can't tell you what it does for my mental health. And also, it's like it's like a, the Red Bull, my, like a spiritual Red Bull. I get fired <laughs> up. Because yeah. um, you know, I, I met a gentleman, and he was telling me this past week how he doesn't uh, – go in stores with masks on and I haven't done it in a while because I've worn like something over my head I was like what the hell am I doing and I got all inspired again so but it's like those people like you know the the people who are pro-freedom it's amazing what one person can do like you can really push things out there and inspire people get people fired up about it you know we've had well there's Martin Armstrong uh, forecaster historical forecaster he said that by 2032 we're going to be going to totalitarianism between now and 2032 and then my friend 
uh, Dr. Joyce, sorry, Joyce Keller, psychic medium, also said mm-hmm. 2032. And I don't know, so I guess something else beyond that happens. But at the rate things are going, I mean, you wrote this really terrific article about how on Waking Times, how censorship mm-hmm. is a new war on consciousness. I mean, this stuff's oh, happening yeah. so fast. How much oh, yeah. more can they ratchet this up? I mean, how? what other things do you think they will be doing in the future? Do, do you think they'll be rounding up individuals who are, are, are pro-freedom? I don't know. My sense is that they don't have as much control as they think. They have they have control over the policies and the laws and a little bit about what the, you know, the like the... The military does and all this kind of stuff, but like they don't really have as much control as they they think, you know. I I, I just feel like people aren't really. I feel like a lot of people are, are really questioning what's going on right now, you know. And that's to me, that's that's the value. That's that's what I think. So twenty thirty two tyranny. I don't know. Maybe it's sooner. Maybe it's later. Maybe we have to go through tyranny, man. Yeah. You know, like how does that? Yeah, how does that relate to to? You know, how many people do you know that have had to go through extraordinarily terrible things in life? How many? In order, in order to become like the amazing people that they are. How many? Yeah, like <laughs> how many? I, I just, you know, I, I know some people have had individual trials and tribulations, but when I look at this, that's what I'm saying. Young that's what I'm people, saying. individual, individual trials yeah. and tribulations. So if you extrapolate that out to the to the macro, I mean, I sense at 44 years old, I like I learn the most from the most challenging situations. I think that's that's a pretty common thing. So I don't, as far as rounding people up and this and that, I don't know if they're organized enough to do that yet i mean just they can monitor and, and check everyone's i mean I, I see what they're doing with the people that were at the january 6th protests i mean at the, at the white house they're they're, they're they're finding people taking pictures of people writing them up i feel like they're just making them as an as an example they're, they're trying to say look we can do this for you and they're trying to spread fear but i i, I i'm trying to figure this out I, I wonder if fear has an expiration date if there's only so much fear you can extract out of the species or from an individual before they say no i i wonder i mean like i I think that people are breakable though you know i think a lot of people are you know they break psychologically just snap and 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 become the the stockholm syndrome you know victim right the the, they just like lose themselves (laughs) in cognitive dissonance like that's part of that's part of human psychology right like you know, but you can you can you can put someone in captivity and you know prevent them from sleeping and you know terrorize them over and over. And eventually, you'll break down. They'll become you know like obedient slaves. And I'm sure this is going on in Guantanamo, right? Like this is what the government does to people, you know. And so, uh, yeah, some people aren't going to make it, man. Some people aren't. Some people aren't going to be on board. Yeah, some people. But those are the weak ones, right? Those are the weak ones. Those are the ones that. Those are the ones that, if you look at, are you familiar with Dolores Cannon? Yes. Yeah, and I remember we might have even mentioned this last time, but I remember this really cool piece you talked about how all the people in the background, the people that you see in all the malls and all the places, are really just—they might not even be real people. Like on the scale of human evolution, like there's there are many different places where a person can hang out on the on the the, the scale of evolution. You know, you have your ascended masters or whatever at the top, God at the top. You know, and at the very bottom, you have our NPCs, these people that don't seem to be able to think, that don't seem to be act. I mean, and her question was, are these people even real? You know, and in a sense, Ryan, like, like, that's a great question. Like, do they matter? Do they matter to you? Like, like, do they, you know, like, does your happiness depend on them? Do you have to, do you have to convince them of something in order to live your life? You know, if, if you die, do they care? You you know, so it's, it's, it's real easy. It's real easy, even for myself, you know, like I've seen this, I've done a lot of studying of the human design and what it means to be a projector, which I am. It's really a, 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 it's really easy for me to get caught up in things outside of myself, 
right? And it's really easy for a lot of people to do. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just aren't going to make it, man. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I, there's no okay. guarantee, I'm not going to say there's no guarantee that I, I have any shot at making it. I, I feel like having a wider perception, at least, I feel like it's going to be an advantage, yeah. but there's no guarantee. I want to live. I want to stick around. My, I have a you know, kid, mm-hmm. and he's a cool kid. He, only, he throws up on me, and I love it. I, I want to yeah. be. I want him to throw up on me for a long time. Yeah, so I mean, that, you know, this inspires me. You know, one of the one of the most profound and 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 most useful and most powerful spiritual lessons is you know non attachment, letting go. You know, and and like the ultimate the ultimate expression of that is letting go of your own life, right? Letting go of it. You know, and, and God, it sounds it sounds almost ridiculous. You know, but. In my experiences with shamanic plant medicines, I've had a couple of different events, uh, one with the, the, the African medicine of boga and one with the South American medicine ayahuasca, where I was forced in the visionary state to confront the reality of my death, the reality of my ego death, the reality of my like, death, like, and to see what happens when my family members are like, we're all separated. In other words, I've, I've experienced in those states, and it's, it's fairly common, I've experienced in those states what it feels like psychologically to die. Dude, and what did it feel like? It's actually really cool. Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I know that sounds it sounds twisted, but but like I you no, know, no, I don't this is not twisted at all. I mean, every person we've had on our show that's had a near death experience, but, they said it was the greatest experience of my life. Right, I'm like, what's right, what's but, so afraid of then? But what really dies though? What really dies? All of the bullshit that's that's troubling you. That's what dies. That's it. I mean, I say I, I love um my family and friends and being around on earth but when i die i can't wait because that way like i have to deal with the the government and the idiots i can't wait for that that's the ultimate mindset of the warrior it is i'm today is a great day to die (laughs) right well wouldn't it be wouldn't it be cool to live like that yeah i I don't want to die i don't feel i I can't i I I, I, I have too much work to do i I can't do it right i mean death death is a it's it's a powerful thing i mean I remember reading one of the first like transformational books I, I fell into was, uh, you know, Carlos Castaneda's uh, stories of yeah. Don Juan. And uh, I remember that was in one of the books, I can't remember which one, it's been so many years, but um, he talks about death as an advisor, right? Like that's like in their tradition, the Yaki sorcerer tradition, like they understand death differently than we do, right? They look at it as something that's um, always watching over their left shoulder. It's always watching. It's always lurking. And they don't view it as an enemy. They view it as an advisor. What is it? What is an advisor? Right? An advisor gives you advice and tells you what to do and what not to do. You know, gives you suggestions on life. So when you look at it like that, death as an advisor. Like if you're if you're always conscious of the fact that you're running out of time. I mean, this is stoicism as well. You know, if you're always conscious of the fact that you're running out of time, like that that affects how you feel, what you do. And who you are? Yeah, I. That's a really great point to say it. When it comes to your coaching, I'd like to. We've we delved into a little bit of this with a show we did with a feature guest, Teresa Pushkar, talking yeah. about the human shadow. Right. I was wondering, how do you? What is your relationship with your shadow, and how do you recommend people engage with their shadow? I see the shadow as like there's a couple of parts to it. Like there's the like almost like the etheric shadow to me, the stuff in the, the the mystery part of it, the stuff where the darkness lives. You know, like um maybe some of your listeners have had the the opportunity to experience the sacred medicine of boga, you know, from Africa, but that is very much 
uh, my experience with that have have taken me very very far into the darkness of my mind and in that and and in those corners of your mind live all those those weird fantasies <laughs> you know those <laughs> This violence fantasies that we've been programmed with, yes. all the, the 10 billion, you know, shooting murders you've seen in entertainment your whole life, you know, all of that stuff lives and lurks down there. It all just sits there and, and plays itself out in the bottom corners of your mind. It's always there. It's always there. Right. And so you always have you you always have that inside of you and you always have the capacity to live in the darkness. Right. Um, but seeing that helped me to realize that the light is way more infinite and way more. Um, you know, expansive. It's it's not a contraction. It's a way. It's an expansion. And so, my mother actually helped me realize this: that if you're seeing the darkness, ask to see the light, which I've done, and it and it works. But that's sort of like on the you know the the cosmic level, on on just a, a material level, on the day to day level, like the darkness appears as like self criticism, you know, uh, procrastination, um, you know, self hatred, self loathing, you know, like uh, the inability to control your mind. Uh, you know, like all of those thought patterns and habits and things that they just don't serve you well. You know, that's that's the, to me those are expressions of the shadow as well. And so to like live in the light means to you know acknowledge what really lives in the darkest corners of your mind, but also to live in a way that like you you you've trained your mind and your soul to work in coordination with you, to work in harmony with you. Okay. And is there any part where you can utilize that shadow? Absolutely. To, uh, to your advantage, like how do you how do you take how do you um, kind of um, become friends with that shadow or mm. transform your shadow so you you utilize it energy source to your highest good, as opposed to having it be an albatross on you and having it be something that will burden you. I don't know if you have to do anything other than acknowledge it, other than be aware of it, other than really really like ask yourself what's in there. You know, like to me that's like. That's that's all you have to do, really, because what happens what happens when you when you like choose to take a look at your own darkness. What happens is that at the same time, like all of the all of the the positive expressions in yourself, all the light within you also tends to grow as well. So you can peer really, really darkly into the abyss. And if you don't fall in, <laughs> all you got to do is turn around man, and then the brightness is so much brighter. It's kind of a it's 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 kind of like not a it's kind of more of a like a figurative way of talking about it. It's not a very literal, it's not a very like action way of talking about it. But the reality of it is is that it's always there. It's always part of you. It doesn't matter. You don't live in, in just a light. It's always there. Like you're always you're always, always navigating that. I mean, it's just like what we talked about. Like if some guy comes up to to me and screams at me about not wearing a mask, like the darkness in me wants to, you know, like roundhouse kick him in the head, you know? Like <laughs> It's always there. It's always there. Actually, with that, what is the difference between, you know, not, it's not about a light and dark, but it's about like you know, just instinctively protecting yourself. I mean, I, I wonder if you have to go into a fight or flight engagement, is there a light or darkness to it? Is that just basically, you know, instinctively, instinctive human survival? So when somebody just confronts you and, you know, wanted to kick that person, I wonder if necessarily, is it necessarily bad or is it just your body saying, listen, we, we have to, we may have to protect ourselves from protect our lives because our mission is to stay alive well i mean like the honorable man you know the honorable human being um like a real man knows what power that they have and they know when to use it and when not to use it and they know they train themselves in power like you know like real men know how to fight they know how to to uh shoot all that kind of stuff they know how to 
the reason they know all this stuff is not so that they can hurt people so that they understand themselves so they know that if they needed to hurt people that they could so you know in that regard like like once you know yourself, once you've done and learned how to actually physically protect yourself, if you're not like just flailing and, and reacting to the world, the the, the changes in you uh, create the kind of person that doesn't that. Let me let me tell you let me tell you to you like this. I took a I took a very very intense like two year like uh, one of the many qigong like trainings that I've done. One was like it was like two years long. And my teacher at the very, very beginning, at the, like the very first day, the orientation day, he was like, look, this is going to change your energy. Like the energy of your being is going to change so dramatically that it's going to change and affect everything in your life. And I was like, okay, buddy, sure. And he said that he said that some of his students in the past had reported back to him about like feelings of, of, of having a protective shield around them, right? And had been in situations, you know, muggings on the street, that sort of thing. And where they were like totally unscathed, totally protected by something, just something that they can't really explain. And uh, I went through this whole training and and it did change my energy and it completely changed my life. There's a whole big story in that, but it changed all of my relationships and it changed all this stuff. And a couple of years later, I found myself on a beach in Costa Rica in the middle of the night after partying uh, with uh, my best friend out alone on a dark beach and three guys walked up and put a gun to his head. Okay. Um, I went into a state like a like a brainwave state alpha or something like I went just like completely calm, uh, completely smooth, just completely my mind completely quieted down to absolutely nothing. I didn't have to do anything to do this. My friend, however, no martial arts training, uh, like started fighting and flailing and cussing out these guys and they started roughing him up and hitting him and stuff. And they came to me and it, it literally like the guys would come up to my face and they couldn't do anything to me. I just stood there, super, super calm, like just completely calm. And one guy actually ran at me with his fist pulled back and was like, like ran at me with his fist about to jack me in the face. And I just sat there. I didn't flinch or move or anything. And he literally like punched at me and his fist stopped. He pulled his punch inches from my face. He couldn't do it. And the only thing, you know, we made it out okay after that situation, but the only thing that I could credit that to was just the energy that I, that I that just came through me in that situation, right? That's really awesome. And what are some of the ways that you can access that energy? I mean, is it, do you credit it to martial arts? Do you credit it towards meditation? What are some of the ways that you can access that energy? Well, any kind of cultivation is certainly helpful. I mean, you know, in my coaching practice, it's, it's, you know, my perspective is unique. My perspective that I bring to coaching and to my clients isn't like a therapeutical or a counseling perspective. I'm not... I'm not pulling up like uh, tips and tricks from the psychiatry book to help them through things. I teach from experience, and my experience is I teach from the the knowledge I've accumulated and the experience I've, I've accumulated. And uh, you know, in, in, in my experience, uh, martial arts has had a huge impact on me. So I teach from I teach from uh, that perspective: the discipline, the energy management, the learning how to control and maximize your potency. And I also teach from the shamanic perspective. You know, sh- you know, shamanism I think and martial arts are very much connected in terms of energy, how your energy is used, how it's, um, how it's gathered, how it's stored, um, you know, how it's protected, how it's cultivated, all very, very important things in, in, especially like South American, American shamanism. So right now, like, like it's, it's a very, very, very powerful time to be doing these practices. And I think really like Qigong is like one of the most powerful things people can do. Anybody can do it. There's so many types of Qigong. It can be gentle, 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 or it can be more rigorous, but Qigong is, it's like a moving meditation. You know, you'll go into your body and there's, there's all kinds of different movements and techniques you could do, but 
Along with that, you're doing visualizations. You're visualizing drawing in energy from the heavens. You're visualizing, you know, unifying heaven and earth with your body. You know, you're imagining, you're visualizing, you know, uh, uh, bringing roots from yourself into the ground. So, like, that to me, like, is, is such a powerful way to boost your energy, to uh, just, like, shore up your, 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 your uh, like spiritual connection to yourself, your spiritual connection to the environment around you. So I, like on a basic level is that, but yeah, martial arts is, I mean, if anybody's willing and, 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 you know, looking for like major change in their life, go into a martial arts studio. I mean, my life changed the day I walked into a um, Shaolin Kung Fu school. I mean, that changed everything. And I've told this story before, but I had been prescribed tons of antidepressants and stuff and realized that I didn't want that life sentence. I didn't want to be at 26 years old on a life sentence to, you know, uh, Giodon and <laughs> Prozac and whatever else, you know, I didn't want all that stuff in my body. And so the uh, instinctive step, like following my intuition, it walked, it, it led me to a Shaolin Kung Fu dojo. And through that led me to Tai Chi, to Qigong, to all kinds of different meditation practices and ultimately to shamanism, which especially ayahuasca is, is, is an intense, it's so intense. It's, it's a meditation. It is a long meditation to get the most out of ayahuasca. You need to be as still as possible for as long as possible. And my, my teacher told me that when I was young, younger and started participating in this, I was, uh, man, at that time, this was 2011 was the first time I, I drank ayahuasca. And it took me two or three years of drinking pretty regularly to like work out all the damage I had done to my, my body and system through drugs and alcohol and everything else, you know, in uh, my early years, you know, I, I, I fell into the traps that everybody falls into. I got hooked on part of drugs. You know, I spent several years hooked on methamphetamines. You know, I had to pull myself out of that hole. I got hooked on Adderalls and uh, Ritalins and all that stuff and alcohol and everything. And I've had to drag myself out of that every time. And, and so when I showed up to my first ceremonies, like my nervous system was a wreck. My energy was a wreck. I was very, you know, like twitchy and energetic and, you know, couldn't really control myself physically through the night. And, uh, through that whole process of cleansing and purging and cleansing and purging, you know, it, it seemed to really, really clean all these old chemicals and all that old energy out of my body. And so, yeah, now it's possible for me to like sit, you know, go into ceremony and just lay down on my hammock and sit there for hours without moving. And that's where you learn the most. I mean, so you sit down to around, answer, the short answer yeah. to the question is any of that and all of it. Yeah. Awesome. And going forward, mm -hmm. external world, make it crazier. If your friends and family may be going crazier. And I, <laughs> I remember reading this quote saying there's nothing virtuous about conforming to a twisted society, and that, that inspires me because I don't, I don't want to conform to a twisted. Society. If everyone's going crazy, I don't want to. I don't want to conform. To <laughs> so, how, what is the best way for a person to keep grounded, even if the whole external reality, even if the whole world's going crazy, even if their family and friends are just losing it? How do you stay grounded and know that no, they're going crazy, you're fine, or they are out there, you're more in line to uh, the real reality? Hmm. You have to remember that nobody gets out of this alive. Like, you know, like nobody gets out of this with being a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I feel, I feel pretty stable. You know, I'm, I'm a family man. Got three kids. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an awesome freaking dude. But everybody has their moments. You know what I mean? Everybody goes crazy a little bit. It's not easy to hold it down. So, I see this with my wife, and I see this with friends and stuff. Like, everybody's different. Everybody has a thing, a method, a, a way that works for them. Um, in my case, like I absolutely have, I absolutely have to get exercise every day. So I do a lot of things. I run, I do yoga, I do martial arts, Tai Chi, Qigong every day. It's something. I do jitsu, whatever. I do something every single day. I have to physically move my body. That's my makeup. Not everybody's like that. You know, some people journal. I journal a lot too. I journal. 
I listen to music and I, and I exercise. And that's what, that's what keeps me sane. And my wife is different. You know, she likes to sit with her legs up the wall and read a book. Like she likes to go in her bedroom by herself and watch a movie. You know, that's how she keeps her sanity when people are losing it. So I think like the, the, the important message is, is that use this time to develop self-awareness, right? What is it for you? What do you need? And, and that's, you know, I had a coaching call today and I think that's really like one of the things I help people to see. I help them see like the stories that they're telling themselves and the boxes they've sort of built for themselves. And I help them to kind of like identify those little areas of opportunities that they're just missing, that they just don't see. They just don't see. And so now is a really, really, really great time to uh, develop that awareness. And so when you have that awareness, you, in- you intuitively know, you don't have to, you don't have to plan this kind of stuff. You intuitively know when, intuitively know when you're over, overspent, when you're burnout. You intuitively know when, when uh, um, you need to withdraw, when you need to retract. You intuitively know, you, you can hear the voices inside yourself uh, speaking to you and guiding you and telling you what to do. So uh, maybe the easiest answer is to is just say, pay attention to your own intuition, Right? What's it leading you toward? What fascinates you? What interests you? Are you interested in Tai Chi? Does that has that ever sounded like fun? You know, that's great. Dylan Charles, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your wisdom. Again, Dylan is the founder and publisher of Waking Times, WakingTimes.com, and you can also take us take his course, become one of his students. You can learn more about Dylan by going to his website at shaolindylan.com, S-H-O-L-I-N-Dylan.com. S-H-A-O-L-I-N.com. Self-mastery coach for battered souls. So even if you aren't a battered soul and you're awesome, whatever, any any other types of souls. souls man. We're all about it, so yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah. This is a rough a, place to be. Yeah, and We've had thank Dylan you, before. He's, uh, he'll definitely teach you to be a warrior. Dylan, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate you, Ryan. You too. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.